Well, welcome to the Bridge Weekend Services. How is it that we know who we can trust uh, in these difficult times? How can we know who to trust financially? How do we know who to trust relationally? How do we know who to trust politically? Who can we cry out to when we're in difficulty? You know, in the 1920s to the 1940s, when silent movies were moving to where uh, we were on, in movies where they could talk and we could hear audibly, uh, they started in silent movies where if you were a bad person in the movie, you would wear a black hat. And when you wore, rode into town with a black hat, that meant that you were up to no good. Uh, you knew immediately in the movie that that meant that you were going to be a problem and that you were going to cause mischief and you weren't going to be safe to date and you weren't going to be safe to marry and that you weren't going to be safe if you were put in political power. Uh, wearing the black hat and the black suit meant uh, without us having to tell you that this is a bad person, we knew it just by the way they were dressed. And along in the story would come somebody in a white hat. And when somebody rode into town with a white hat, that meant that they were safe. That meant that they were good. That meant that they would uh, be a good person to protect you. So when the black person, the black-hatted person, has uh, has a uh, a woman who's in distress, uh, then the white-hatted person comes in. She cries out to him, and he comes and saves. And it's very simple in those first movies what a western would look like that as long as you were wearing the white hat, that you were good, and we knew that you were good. Well, something happened after the 1940s in movies where no longer was uh, it um, seen that clearly that there was the good and the bad, and someone was good and someone was bad. In fact, by the 1960s and 1970s, movies are turning to a much more blended character where there is bad and good mixed together and the person who's bad has good in them and we might root for them some and the person who's good has bad in them we might root against them and uh, people who are in positions of power and positions of authority are not seen as good uh, as clearly they're seen as uh, complex characters and isn't that true really to humanity maybe that's why we resonated with it because some of the people that we've trusted have turned out to not be as good as we thought and some of the people that we thought were wearing white hats and that we put our trust in turned out to be people that had evil in them as well. You know, there are so many in this season that are feeling oppression. And there is a question, who is good? Who can we cry out to? Well, this week we are going to look at that the Lord himself is good. The Lord is good. And we're going to be looking at Psalm 34, 1 to 10 and that the Lord wears an absolutely white hat. He wears, he is completely clean and completely good and we can cry out to him and every time he will respond to us in our need in the way that we would hope. He is the one who is safe. In Matthew 7, verse 11, Jesus is describing um, God who can be trusted. It says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? The Father who is in heaven is perfectly good. And when we cry out to him, we find out that it's exactly what we needed and longed for. 
And he says right in that passage that we who are evil, we who have both black hats and white hats on, we wear gray, we are in the world where we try to do good things. We do good things for our kids and we try to do good things for our kids. We try to be safe for our children. How much more God who is perfectly good is worthy to be cried out to? Well, our passage is Psalm 34, 1 to 10, and we are seeing that we can exalt the goodness of God, we can seek the goodness of God, and we can taste the goodness of God. In Psalm 34, beginning in verse 1, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. We are to exalt his name together. We can exalt his name together, verses 1 through 3. Well, this psalm begins with a prescript that says of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. And if you were to look back in 1 Samuel 21, verses 10 to 13, you would see that David, with great fear, went into um, the enemy's camp and acted like a crazy person because he was afraid. And, and they said, well, isn't this David? And because he acted crazy, they thought, well, then it's not David. And he was able to save himself by humbling himself and acting crazy. But it isn't Abimelech in that passage that he goes to see. It's Achish from Gath, the Philistine, who drove David away. And if you were to look at Genesis 20 and, verse, and chapter 26, those two chapters, we would see that Abraham and Isaac were the ones that went before Abimelech. And in the both cases, they were afraid for their safety and they were afraid for their, they were afraid that they were going to be oppressed. And in both cases, they discovered that God is the one who protects them. And they did some things to protect themselves that, were, that, that weren't right, uh, and yet what they learned is, is that God is our protector. God is the one who is good. He will bring about good even in our oppression. So in light of this oppression, David says and writes, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will exalt the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. What does it mean at all times? Well, he's already said in the prescript that, that this is in the hard times, in the times when I'm afraid, in the times that I think maybe God has left me and maybe I am on my own and someone with a black hat, an experience, an illness, uh, some, something comes into our lives and it, and, it, and it causes us to doubt the goodness of God. It causes us to doubt the provision of God. It, it, it causes us to think we need to take matters into our own hands. And David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My praise for him is going to be recounted again and again. God has provided for me and his goodness has been good. And I have no reason to be worried in the next problem or the next emergency that I'm brought into because I can bless the Lord at all times and I remind myself by the praise that's continually in my mouth that God is good. In verse 2 it says, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. I, I am talking about God as the champion. I am talking about God as the one who is good. I am talking about God as the one who will bring goodness out of the difficulties of life. I am talking about God and praising God in the difficulties of 2020. 
Let the humble hear and be glad. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. The humble, um, the weak, the downtrodden, the persecuted, let them be glad. Let them hear this praise of the goodness of God. Right now in 2020, we have felt oppression. Parents, children, teachers, medical workers and first responders, the police, the firemen, the administrators at schools, churches and pastors and parishioners, families. Uh, there are those with emotional and mental challenges are crying out, where is the goodness now? And, and there are marriages that are being pressed right now and, and people are giving up. People are feeling weak and beat down and oppressed. And this passage says, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let me declare to you how God has carried me through my difficulties. Let the humble, the oppressed and the fearful hear and be glad. It is good news to hear that the Lord is good. We have heard that the Lord is sovereign and we have studied that the Lord is holy. To know that the Lord is good means that again and again, the one who never changes is good to us. Let the humble hear and be glad. Psalm 107, 8 and 9 says, Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, his wondrous works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. First Chronicles 16, 34, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 23, 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The ones that feel good and the ones that feel bad, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And Psalm 100 verses 4 and 5, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. God is good and he brings good gifts to his people. And he knows as a father how to give good gifts to his children. No matter what we ask for in prayer, he sifts that through and gives us what is really good for us. So my soul will boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. In verse three it says, "'O magnify the Lord with me, "'let us exalt his name together. "'O magnify the Lord, Let's lift up the Lord our God. Let's lift his name high. Magnify is to glorify the Lord. Let's, let's tell people about our God and how good he is. Let's remind people that, yes, it's hard right now to have your kids at home and, and struggling with family problems that are even magnified in this season as we're at home. And people are walking away from good things and giving up on good things because they're losing hope. And I want you to know that we can magnify the Lord together and remember that He is the one that eternally wears the white hat in our story. He is the one that is good. He is the one that we are reminded of His goodness at the cross. And we are reminded of His goodness with the Holy Spirit. 
and we were reminded of his goodness when we extol him together, when we exalt him together. Oh, magnify the Lord, glorify, and let us exalt his name together. We can do that as we gather together online and as we gather together as the church and you gather together as a family, we can exalt his name together, remind our children and remind our loved ones that God is good and his good plans for us are what we can trust. He will be our power and our provision. And we continually praise our God even in this season of oppression. But we can exalt the goodness of God together, verses 1 through 3. But we can seek the goodness of God together, verses 4 through 7. It begins, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. And the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. I sought the Lord and he answered me. I sought the Lord. Those who seek the Lord can be confident that he will deliver. And what does the word sought mean? It's used twice in this passage that I'm preaching on today. It doesn't, it never refers to seeking something that you don't know where it is. And every time this Hebrew word refers to seeking something that you know where the destination is. You know where the person is. It's just turning towards them. In prayer or, or seeking them with, uh, from through the priests in the Old Testament. This Hebrew word is used for seeking the one who is close. Who, is, who the, you can find every time. When, you, when I sought for the Lord, when I sought the Lord, he answered me. Every time, we are slow to seek the Lord in our troubles sometimes. We are quicker to look for answers from humans around us or, or our own wisdom, our own strength. And as Christians, as the people of God, we can trust the goodness of God and we can seek him. And the psalmist is reminding us that when I sought the Lord, he answered me. How about you? When I sought the Lord, he delivered me from all my fears. Our God is a deliverer and that's where his goodness can be found. He is good. He is looking to promote and protect and provide for us if we would seek him. And we can seek him knowing that he is within reach and that he wants us to seek him. We can exalt the goodness of God together. We can seek the goodness of God together. We see in these uh, next verses, I sought the Lord. Um, and then verse 6, the poor man cried to the Lord. There is an uh, exaltation for us, exhortation for us to seek the goodness of the Lord. That we have an opportunity today to look to God and to cry out to God. And to not just struggle with evil on our own. We can seek. And in seeking... He answers, he delivers. Uh, those who seek are radiant and are never ashamed. And the Lord heard and saved out of trouble in these next verses. I sought the Lord and he answered me, delivered me. And those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him 
and saved him from all his trouble. Our God saves. The goodness of the Lord is that he takes us and saves us from our troubles. And the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers him. The goodness of the Lord means that he shows up, that he does good things, that he gives good gifts. The call to prayer is that we pray to a God who is good and wants to give us good gifts. It's so exciting. In Mark 10, 18, Jesus said to the rich young ruler, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Ultimately, all of humanity cannot wear the white hat for us. Ultimately, all of humanity is in need of God. And yet God is absolutely good. Completely and eternally good. In fact, the good gifts that come into our lives are ultimately from His hands. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God never changes. God never varies. He is always good, and He always good gives good gifts to those of us who seek Him, who cry out to Him in honest faith. When we cry out to God, He gives us good gifts. He saves us. He makes us radiant. He takes us from shame. The Lord hears and saves out of trouble. Those who look to Him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. Does that mean that they are going to uh, not be humbled and not go through difficulty? That isn't the case. The fact is that the end result for those of us who trust God that that story, whatever we're going through, is going to turn good. And God is going to use it for good. And ultimately, the shame will be taken from our faces and we will have radiant faces like the risen Lord Jesus. The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The poor man and the, the humbled man and the oppressed man, the person who is going through difficulties, can cry out to the Lord. When he cries out to the Lord, he saves him out of the troubles. How does the Lord save? Well, the Lord saves ultimately by bringing us home, but the Lord saves continually in our lives, saves us from the difficulties that we're going through, puts us back on our feet, teaches us to walk, disciples us, causes us to learn. These are good gifts. The scriptures tell us that discipline is a good gift from God, that he sometimes disciplines us to get us back on the right path. Sometimes we're off on the wrong path and difficulties happen in our lives and we cry out to God and his discipline moves us back onto the right path. The poor man, the, the weak person, the oppressed person, all can cry out to God and God will do this good work in us causing our faces to be radiant and saving us. And in verse 7 it says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. The angel of the Lord encamps. In the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord, it's, it's not really clear who it is. Sometimes we wonder if Jesus is the angel of the Lord. Sometimes we see it as, as just a, a messenger from God himself, but the angel of the Lord is doing the Lord's work on the Lord's behalf, and he is powerful, and, and he is present. And there are many passages that I could take you to, but I would take you to Zechariah, verse 12, 
and where the angel of the Lord, at chapter 12, where the angel of the Lord is described as the one who goes before the restored people of God. The one who goes before the restored people of God and protects them and surrounds them and doesn't allow the enemies to get to the people of God. We don't see God's protection and provision. The angel of the Lord that is working on our behalf, but by faith, we trust the goodness and protection and provision of God. That he is doing good things in our story and he is causing good things to happen even though others are working evil around us. Jesus is our Savior, God is our Savior, and there is the angel of the Lord that protects and encamps around those who fear him. Why fear him? We have just seen that uh, he delivers us from all of our fears in verse chapter in, in verse 4 of chapter 34. But by verse 7 we see that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. What is that fear that he's talking about and what's the difference? There is a fear that thwarts us, that hurts our relationship with God, that keeps us from God. There is a fear that, that, that causes us to believe that those who wear the black hats in our lives, those situations that are bad situations in our lives, and we believe that, they, that there is fear that causes them to be greater in our hearts and in our minds, that the oppression seems bigger and it seems overwhelming. In this season, I have heard my Christian brothers and sisters say things like, well, the church will never be the same. Our country will never be the same. What we've lost is too much, so we can't retrieve what we've given up, but we've, uh, we've given up ground and, and there is this fear that's causing anxiety and anger. And we are delivered from those types of fears, but there is another fear. A fear that causes us to go to God quickly. The fear that God not being in this story is going to end badly. The fear that drives us to our knees and drives us to prayer. The fear that causes us to respect a holy God and, and own the places and the ways that we are part of the bad part of the story owns the ways that we've worn black hats in stories, that we have done evil in stories. The ways that I've been the problem and not the solution. And the fear of God causes me to come to God humbly and cry out to God and sit under his discipline and his rebuke. We see in 2020 that this world is broken, that the politics, that the health system, that there is so much that is just under oppression. Families are under oppression. Uh, the racial tensions are awful. And there is good for on, on both sides of discussions and there is bad on both sides of discussions and it is, it is who is it that will bring goodness to these stories? God, we desperately need you today to speak in to the stories of 2020. And we desperately need to call your people, discipline your people, raise your people up, remind them that you are the one who is good. Let us make God's name great again. And the church will rise up. Let us make the goodness of the Lord great again. We can exalt the goodness of God together. We can seek the goodness of God together. Well, and finally, we can taste the goodness of God together in verses 8 through 10. 
Verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. We can taste the goodness of God together. We are invited to taste and see. Tasting the Lord is proving by experience. We can discover how much we can trust God by going through difficult times, trusting in God and seeing how God provides for us. Seeing how God is uh, there with us in the difficulty. Our Bible study, our Thursday night Bible study is going through some difficulties medically right now and some difficulties with great loss. And yet there is an excitement and a joy in the presence of God and the provision of God in the difficulties. It is so exciting to talk about the goodness of God even in the face of these difficulties. I want you to know that two people can go through the exact same difficulty and one can describe it as God's goodness and provision and, another, and discipline and another one can describe it as, look, God never showed up for me. If God loved me and was good to me, he wouldn't have let me go through this. We can taste and discover the goodness of God. You can try trusting God in your anxiety. You can try trusting God in your fear. You can try trusting God as teaching kids online. You can try, you can taste the Lord and see that he's good. Children that are at home and, and struggling with online schooling, you can taste the Lord and see that he is good. I would ask you to take your fears of the things that we find in 2020 that are oppressing us and fear God instead. Fear that God wouldn't be part of this story for us personally. You can taste, you are invited to taste the goodness of God and see that he is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. That's what it means to taste the Lord, to, to, put our, to make him our refuge and our stronghold. In the midst of conflicts, in the midst of, midst of, of evil words and oppression, we can put our trust in God and he can be our refuge. Remember, to seek God is to know that he is within our reach. We can seek God not with the idea that we can't find him or have to look for long. We can seek God with all of our heart knowing that he is well within our reach and he is wanting to provide for us and be a refuge for us. Verse 9, it says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Oh, fear the Lord, all you his saints, those of you who have placed your trust in Jesus Christ. By faith in Jesus Christ, we have become good eternally because we have the righteousness of Christ that has been afforded us through the gospel. Those of us who are the children of God, those of us who are the Lord's anointed, those of us who are saved, we can fear the Lord. We can fear that we would go through this without God. And that fear of God, the fear of His holiness is that we would step away from what He's called us to. The protection and the provision and the love and the loving kindness, which we'll talk about next week. 
that He so readily provides for us, we should fear that we're walking away from it. How many Christians have I heard say to me, I'm going to do this thing that I know is against God's will. I'm going to do this thing and I know God's going to forgive me. So that's why I'm going to do it. Don't you know that you're stepping away from the goodness of God? You imagine in your mind that I'm going to grab this good fruit, that I'm going to grab this good relationship, that I'm going to grab this freedom, I'm going to grab this escape. And yet, don't you know that God means for you to have a, a, the life that is the best? Real life, real joy, real love. And those good things cannot be provided in any other place than with God. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Those who fear God lack nothing. Every good thing is provided from God's head. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In Psalm 27, verse 13, the psalmist writes, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is from a place of oppression, he writes. I believe, because of who God is, that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, taste the Lord and see that he's good. Psalm 33, 5, he loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of steadfast love of the Lord. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. He works goodness in our stories, in our narrative. Psalm 145, verse 9, The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. This goodness does not only extend to His people. This goodness is an invitation to all of the world to trust Him. This is an invitation to everyone to come to God's Word and to come to Jesus Christ and discover, to taste the goodness of God in their story. No matter where you are and how bad it's become and how many ways that you've pushed God away, oh, taste the Lord and see that he's good. His goodness reaches to all of us and it's an invitation to come into a good relationship with him. Psalm 143.10, teach me to do your will for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. The goodness of God will lead us on level ground. It will lead us to good places and good relationships and, and health restored to relationships that are broken. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. That's how it ends. In verse 10, the young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Young lions for the psalmist would have been uh, vibrant, uh, the, the, the most vibrant that you can imagine, the most powerful that you can imagine, the one who can take matters into his own hands. Young lions should be able to chase the gazelle and catch the gazelle. Young lions should be able to capture their food. Young lions should be able to trust in their own strength. And yet, he declares that young lions suffer want and hunger. Even young lions should know that they need the Lord. Even young lions will not be taken care of the same as God's children will. He looks at them and he thinks with pity, you young lions maybe are putting trust in your strength or in your youth. 
or in the way that you can provide or in your wisdom or in your political vote or in your finances. Maybe you've placed your trust in your wisdom, but young lions suffer want and hunger. Why? Because we have been created for the goodness of God, and there's only one real source of the goodness of God, and that's God himself. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But those who seek the Lord, again, that same Hebrew word, seek, to look for something that you already know where he is, to look for something that you already know can be found to look for something that's waiting for you, for someone who's waiting for you to seek him. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Friends, the Lord is good. And in 2020, I want you to be reminded our Lord is sovereign, our Lord is holy, our Lord is good. He has not left his throne. He has not been sucked into the evil of this world. He remains righteous. <coughs> and he is the one who gives good gifts to us, who seek him, who cry out to him from oppression. I have felt oppression in 2020. I have felt fear. I have seen how so many of us have wondered and and wrung our hands a bit and thought, you know, this is wrong that we aren't gathering in church the way that we used to. This is wrong that we're not gathering in schools the way that we used to. This shouldn't be the way things are happening in politics. This shouldn't be the way things are happening with our country. This shouldn't be the unrest that's in the world. Sometimes we're, we're in some seasons, we think we're getting better. Things are getting better. This prejudice that we're struggling with, when are we gonna put away prejudice? When are we going to stop talking about it and actually love people for who they are? When are we going to see people correctly? And the answer is when we see them through the eyes of God. When we understand the provision of God and we cry out to God, 2020 has been a hard year, but 2020 is the time for God's people, those who are called by God's name, those who are Christians, it is time for us to rise up and call out and cry out to God, to repent of our sins and recognize that our God is sovereign, our God is holy, and our God is good. In the 1920s to the 1940s, if you wanted to write a story, there had to be someone that came in with a black hat. In the West, you would know who was evil. It was obvious. If you, in every relationship that he had, evil was brought forward. In every conversation that he had, evil was brought forward. And you knew who to boo, to boo and you knew who to cause a get road against, and you knew who to root for. And along comes someone on a white horse. And that person on a white horse comes into the story and he offers protection, provision, safety, love, trust, goodness. Well, there is only one. Jesus said it, there is only one who is good. There's only one who wears the white hat, and that is Jesus Christ. And he was tempted in every way that we are, yet without sin.
and he is the best good gift from the Father. The gift of the redemption that's found in Jesus Christ and it is this world's provision, it is this world's protection, it is the good gift that this world desperately needs to hear about. Rise up, people of God. Taste the God, taste the Lord and see that he is good. Taste Yahweh and see that he's good. And let us tell the world about the goodness of God. We can exalt the goodness of God together. We can seek the goodness of God together. And we can taste the goodness of God together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there are so many that are hurting right now. There are so many that desperately need to hear of your goodness. May you raise the church up to declare the excellencies of our Savior, the good gift from heaven, the one who has provided protection, the one who is the one who surrounds us and keeps us safe until you return. Father, would you be our protection and would you give us voices to sing and exalt the good name of God. In Jesus' name.